All right, welcome back to another episode of the Kyle and Kasanoff Show. It's episode three. We'll talk NFL. We'll talk PGA Tour. We're going to talk about a little bit of madness that happened in the NHL. Uh, not really related to hockey at all. We usually start with football, so we're going to change that up. We're going to start on the PGA Tour. My good friend Kyle, Tiger Woods is officially back. You know, like, um, obviously it's great to see his victory yesterday at the at the Tour Championship, but I, I don't think we can say he's officially back yet because that's like, it's saying... Like there's no next step. Like like you're saying, oh, he's he's a fit. Like like it's over now. Like there's no like I I, I think that Tiger will be officially back when he wins major number fifteen. I I understand that argument, but I also have to say he's this. like halfway. He's like halfway back. Tiger. Well, first of all, winning again is back. Obviously, like he's back on the scene. He's back. He's back on the scene, but there's there's still things to come. Essentially. Well, okay, that's true. But let's just consider this. Tiger Woods basically, uh, he's the tour champion. He's actually the champion he's the, of the, he's PGA the PGA Tour. He's the PGA Tour champion. He's, I I didn't even know that they had mm-hmm. that, but apparently they have that. He was like basically one bogey by Justin Rose away from winning the FedEx Cup too. See, like when you say PGA Tour champion, like is that like did he win more money than anyone else this season? No. Well, then I feel like he's not the champion. Yeah. Well, I mean, Justin Rose won the FedEx Cup. Did he win more money this season than, than, than any other person? Justin Rose? Yes. Well, Just I, by playing yeah. golf, did he win more money? Because I, I feel like that's the most important stat in golf. He would have in terms to. Of- because, I mean, he, I think he had 11 top 10s, plus the FedEx Cup is a $10 million bonus. Because I, I thought that it was like Thomas was ahead the whole season, pretty much. Cause John, like, no, it was Johnson. Dustin Johnson was ahead. Uh, well, like it was Thomas and Johnson that were like one, two, and then Bryson DeChambeau won the two championships at the yeah. end. So he kind of pulled into top three, and they were all about the same. But I, I don't like. Yeah, but Justin Rose was. It's just three like I, I just I just want to like like when you say did like when when you say Justin Rose won the FedEx Cup, like does that mean that he won the most money? I guess basically. Like, okay. I mean, because, well then yeah, then he's the certified champion. I feel like yeah, because of the ten million definitely he right. Ah, uh, what they're doing though. But also, does it mean less that it's only 30, like 30 golfers in this tournament as opposed to the entire field? I actually don't think so because it's the 30 best golfers in the world. I mean, basically. I, I mean, I, it's, not in, in not, it's not entirely, but it's the, the top 30 players on the PGA Tour are basically like the um, basically 30 of the top, whatever, 35, 40 golfers in the world. Well, but you've got all the same players in the U.S. Open plus 100 more players. That's could, true. Who could, who could potentially beat you? But they don't usually. How often do players outside the top thirty win majors? I know you don't have that stat on you, but I would guess it's really low. Let me hold on. Let me let me think back into the into the annals here. Well, think about this year. I feel like British Open. You always see like I, I'm feeling like like I don't know that much about Francesco Molinari. Yeah. But I, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say he wasn't in the top ten or even in the top twenty when he won the British Open. I said top thirty. See, like, top 30 might be stretching it a little bit. I think bit, he was I, in the top 30 because... I know he's a good golfer. Because he had won two out of four weeks before the British Open. So he would have probably had to have been in the top 30. Because he... I don't know. He just sticks out to me as, like, an outlier. Like, he's not, like, your typical name that you see at the top of the leaderboards every, like, every week. And he and he, he actually won a major this year. And, like, until I mentioned it just now, I'm sure you probably forgot that he won a major this year. I did not. I'm well, offended. I, I feel like this year, like, everyone remembers that Patrick we won... Read one because he's that guy's a, douche, a big old jerk. Because he's a douche, yeah. and he, 
Um, he's notorious for that. And, and then he had the whole ticket fiasco at Fenway Park, which we won't get into. Um, and then Brooks, Brooks Kepka, probably the most boring guy in golf. I like Brooks Kepka a lot. He won how many? He won two majors. He won two majors this year. U.S. Wow. Open and the PGA. Boring times boring means double boring. That's why no one remembers that. Hey, um, hey, back off. Okay, bud? Back off. Brooks is my guy. I feel like if we met, we'd maybe be friends. Uh, but I like him. I was rooting for him all PGA Championship long. I wanted him to win. I was very happy that he did. And I think that he. this is only the tip of the iceberg. Brooks Kepka could be the next Tiger Woods. Obviously, I'm joking. But I think We're could, never going to have another Tiger Woods I think Brooks again. Kepka could easily win three to five more majors in his career, which would be a very respectable showing. And then he'll be that guy you like look back on like when he's going into the is there a golf hall of fame? I think like, so, yes. Like when they're inducting him into the golf hall of fame, we're gonna be like, Oh, that guy won five ma- five, six ma- six majors that guy won. <laughs> I feel like that guy was just kinda always just there. Like like he like he never had any fanfare, he just kinda went about his business. But regardless, back to Tiger Woods. When when I saw that video of him walking up with with his 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 Under Armour on and he's yeah. carrying his his dry his Nike dry fit on a hanger on a hanger <laughs> like what so unnecessary clearly clearly he's got what was he like what did he have slung over his other shoulder I looked at that picture for like an hour trying to figure out what was over his other shoulder oh I don't know I didn't study it that hard um, well I did and I still couldn't figure it out. Well, maybe he was just maybe he was just trying to flex. Maybe because right. No, but there was like something. It looked like it was like maybe pointing out. On him. Maybe it, it was not not even him holding onto it. What I want to talk about though is how I think the PGA Tour is improving going into next season. Go next ahead. season, they're going down to only three playoffs. Who cares? It's going to be done. Well, by- I kind of care because I heard because word on the street is that they're getting rid of the Deutsche Bank or the Dell Technologies, whatever the heck it is. That's correct. Which is the Boston one, and that's kind of sad. Well, but because I grew up going to that. TBC Boston is going to be put into the rotation for the first leg. Uh, like going oh, forward. so oh, so it's going to be a rotation with with whatever the New Jersey courses that has. The- and I think maybe a few others around the Northeast. Oh, uh, that's good. So because I feel it- like if you if you get rid of that, then you're getting rid of. That's a whole region of the country that will no longer host golf tournaments, you know? Yeah, no, they're, they're, they'll still host there. And also, like, you consider the U.S. Open, I think, in 21 is going to be it's at good. the country it's, club. It's Brookline, yeah. It's in Brookline. Back, baby. So I, I don't think they're uh, getting rid of that. What I want to talk about, though, is next year, so three events, going into the playoff finale, which is the event that was just held over the weekend. What has happened for the last two years is that someone has won the Tour Championship and not the FedEx Cup. Xander Schauffele won last year, and then I believe Justin Thomas won the FedEx Cup. This year, Tiger won the Tour Championship, and uh, Justin Rose won the FedEx Cup. Next year, what they're doing is first person in the FedEx Cup standing comes into the championship minus 10. They start minus 10. Second, minus 8. Third, minus 7. Fourth, minus 6. Fifth, minus 5. Then 6 through 10, minus 4. 11 through 15, minus 3. 16 through 20 minus 2, 21 through 25 minus 1, and 26 through 30 start even. And whoever wins the championship... Wait, so why do they care so much about who wins the tour championship? Well, no, it's now it's that whoever wins that event wins the FedEx Cup. So what's the point of, of making it easier to win? Oh, so there's... Oh, so I see what it's you're It's rewarding you. They're, like, they're trying to make it so that the like whoever wins the FedEx Cup wins the tour championship, essentially. 
Yeah, well, so I, that I is what happens. If you win that event, you win the FedEx Cup, and they're rewarding players essentially for a season of excellence. So if you if you are the second best golfer on tour essentially all year, and you're number two in the FedEx Cup, you get to start at but minus eight. But the thing eight. is, like, I wouldn't say that Bryson DeChambeau was the best golfer on tour all year. He just won tournaments that allocated more FedEx Cup points. I agree. W- which are made up values. Like, I agree. Justin and- Thomas was probably the best golfer on tour this season. And I don't even think he I was, don't like him. Like I just don't want to acknowledge. I mean, I, mean that. I don't either. But like, like I don't know. I just think FedEx Cup points doesn't exactly translate to actual. Like, I just who is the best. I just think I that think. basically the tour that the playoff events shouldn't be worth quadruple points to regular season events. Well, because it's it's just like these events are only worth so much in in terms of money and FedEx Cup points because they're trying to keep the players like interested in the fall right uh, otherwise everyone would just like quit after the pga championship and they'd go do their like whatever they're doing in the fall um, uh, what well, the point is that i think it's better invested. i think it's better because i want the winner of the last championship to win it all and i think that it's fair to have a system that rewards people who are ahead in the fedex cup because it's not fair really to say look you're 30th in the fedex cup and if you win this event like you have an even shot of winning this event and then winning it all. I agree that that's not fair. That doesn't reward you really at all for being number one all year. Right. If you just have one bad weekend, that's not really fair. Right. So well, I, I think I, 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 I like that. it. I do get that. And the players uh, apparently were really quick to adopt it. They were told about it and they basically like. Well, because next year the season's going to be totally different. It is, and there's more money up for grabs. They're adding a $10 million Wyndham bonus rewards. Uh, so for the top 10, the FedEx Cup, at the end of the regular season, they'll get $10 million divided up between them with the first getting $2 million. Mm-hmm. Plus, the FedEx Cup purse is going up from 35 to, I want to say, $65 million, and the winner of the FedEx Cup will now get $15 million instead of 10 So there's a lot of money on the line. It's, it's, just, it's, it's interesting because they're moving the PGA Championship to May. Which means that the last major of the year will now be the British Open in the middle of July. So th- there's going to be a month and a half. But remember that golf in between that and then the start of the of the playoff events. No, okay, so that's not true. So the the tour will now be done by the end of Labor Day. Oh really? Yeah, so they're Wait, moving so it all forward. They, oh yeah, because I heard that they're cutting a couple events, like a couple in between events here and there. Um, like, do we need like the Barbasol like Kentucky the, Open or whatever it is? Like the. Um, like the Firestone Open, like whatever that random was, whatever that random one is in Ohio is getting cut. Ak- oh. In Akron. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. I think so. At the Firestone Country Club in Akron. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And then I guess if they're, cutting I think Tiger's one- won there eight times though, so he won't be happy about that. Oh, I guess not. Um, and and then I guess if they're cutting one of the playoff events too, then that's two weeks off. Um, and I'm sure they'll find something else here or there. Well, there's also a, the Canadian uh, Open. Who who needs the Canadian Open? Well, random I think that they'll probably the keep John that. Deere Classic. Do we really need that? Yes, I the, like it. The, the Greenbrier, like all these random in between events. Sorry, can I say this? John Deere uh, Open or whatever it's called, the Classic. They have the best tee boxes of any uh, of any golf tournament. They always customize like the little tee markers. This year it was tractors. They bring all the farm equipment out to the course. Like you get to climb where, around on it. Where do they do that? It's in Ohio, I think. Another tournament in Ohio. <laughs> yeah. Are you tell me that there's three tournaments a year in Ohio. I'm pretty sure. Probably the most boring state in the whole country. There's three golf courses good enough to host PGA Tour events. <laughs> I'm so just saying, I like the John Deere. I think it's a good tournament. I mean, I don't know that much about it. Wait. 
Is John Deere the one that Jordan Spieth? Oh, no. See, I said earlier, I said that you're going to be alienating a whole part of the country if you get rid of the Deutsche Bank. But I take that back. The Travelers. We you know it's not the called the Deutsche Bank. Well, I know it is a Deutsche Bank. It, but you're just wrong. It's the, it's, the, it's the Deutsche Bank to me. How about that? Just None of our listeners know, know what it is. Well, I mean, Dell is just a new thing as of this year, right? Yeah, maybe. It's just like sometimes I just get caught up calling it the Fleet Center instead of TD Garden. Is that a problem? Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Or, or Boston Garden. Sorry. Um, unnostalgic. Okay. I can't, I can't help myself. Also, while we're, while we're talking about golf, mm. big weekend, Ryder Cup. Yes. What, what are your thoughts? Well, the Americans have a lot of really good drivers of the golf ball. but Well, I mean, I think both sides have a lot of really good drivers of the golf ball. I think, I think, uh, I think every, single, every single one of those golfers – Good driver of the golf ball. Yeah, but the course they is not... Hit, they can hit those fairways. But the course is not one that it really requires a good driver. So I, I mean, think I don't know anything about the course. It's a really short course that they're playing on this year. And, and basically, like, someone on Golf Channel basically said that they think that Thomas Bjorn wanted this course to basically prevent the Americans from just smacking the ball all the way to the hole. And, like, they wanted basically to add some finesse to the event. It, it is interesting, though. Like, I haven't heard of... The Ryder Cup, like outside of the U.S., taking place not in the U.K. or Ireland. It's in Paris. Yeah. This is the only time I've heard. Like, obviously, I don't know. I don't know the history of it that much, but this is the only time that I've heard of it not being there. Like, I'm looking forward to Phil the Thrill Mickelson, just rocking away with the short game. You know. See, I, I think I think Phil Mickelson could hold hold the Americans back a little bit. I think I think he's the clear worst worst member of the team. I disagree. <laughs> um. Bryson DeChambeau is American, right? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't like him. Team. The nerdiest of all the golfers. I don't like him. I know. Golf is like already kind of a nerdy sport to begin with, but Bryson DeChambeau is definitely the kid who like got stuffed in the locker in the back of that plane. I mean, I mean, yeah. I Bryson mean, like- DeChambeau is like, so, so obviously they had, a, Tiger suggested that the plane ride over, which took place on Sunday night, so last night was going to be pretty electric following his win. Uh, they said, you know, he kind of suggested that some of the guys might be partying a little bit on the plane, and they definitely, like, locked Bryson DeChambeau in the bathroom so he can, like, study his notes about how to golf better. <laughs> they probably didn't even need to lock the door. He was probably just there anyway with the door unlocked. <laughs> like, he didn't, like, like, he didn't need to be asked twice. Like, guys, <laughs> I'm trying to get my sleep. Right, exactly. Like, he, he was definitely there first, like, before the party even started. Um... But yeah, I mean, I think the the Americans have the clear advantage. I mean, they already have the advantage because they won it last time, so it's already that much easier for them to win it this time. Um, Isn't it only like half a point? No, it's just it's just it's the tiebreaker. If they tie, then it's the person who won it last time, or the or the team that won it last time. Yeah, so that's it. like not you could like the Europeans could run away with it theoretically. They won't. It's but Europe, they won't because like, the Americans have nine out of the top fifteen golfers in the world, plus Woods and Mil- Woods and Mickelson. Um, well, after a, this past week, a couple of the guys on the European the team 10. I haven't even heard of. Like who? Meaning that I could not tell you their names because I do not remember them. <laughs> Molinari is on the team. I mean, they have Molinari, they have McElroy, um, they have McElroy who Justin completely Henrik fell apart. By the way. Yeah, I saw that. He finished like minus five. He started the day at what, like minus ten? Minus nine. Like yeah, plus four. That's not great. That's and not great. he really was in the spotlight because he was playing with Tiger. Right. Also, did you see that that mob? Yes. Of people coming up eighteen. Jesus Christ! That is that is what that was wild. I mean, like, 
I don't know. Like you kind of feel for Rory there. Like you, like you really do. Like he had his he had his Brand Snedeker moment because Brand Snedeker's famous for always being paired up with Tiger, yeah. Woods, especially on Sunday. <laughs> he had his Brand Snedeker moment where he's like he's like yeah, no one really cares about me, but I'm here anyway. Okay, Brand Snedeker though, just like to talk about this briefly, had a good has had a good career. He's won a fair number of things. Like he's been successful, and to get to play with Tiger all those times, even though Tiger was the one winning, it still must have been fun. Oh yeah, for like sure. he's witnessed all that and yeah. I think it's kind of cool. I think we should take a quick break. All right. Welcome back to the Kyle and Kasanoff show. It's time to talk NFL. You're going to get us started, Kyle. You know, I mean, like many of you would have heard the uh, Clay Matthews comments post game after the. Packers lost to the Washington Redskins, Washington R words, um, on Sunday. I mean, you said it, so. I, I, I guess I can't take it back. Um, we can edit it out. Um, but, yeah, uh, what, he was in, what he was referencing was the fact that I, I believe it's the third straight week. That he's gotten a roughing the passer call. That he's gotten a roughing the – a very questionable, generous roughing the passer call. For, for like, the average – for anyone other than the – the current NFL refs would have been a perfectly clean. Even the quarterbacks who were being hit, uh, I believe. I believe this week it was obviously it was Alex Smith, and then last week it was it, it was Kirk Cousins. Um, they were hits that they were clean football hits, and I mean we talked about this on the show last week. Is the league getting soft? You know? I actually have an explanation for Week Two's hit per Pro Football Talks Mike Florio. Okay. So uh, basically, Clay Matthews did what's called burping in the NFL. Uh, that is when you get down low on the quarterback, you drive up through him, you basically lift him off the ground, and then you slam him on his back. So he burps. Apparently, that see would the thing have... is like I didn't really see that because obviously like that's that's the rule. It's the Aaron Rodgers rule. You can't like throw the quarterback at the ground. You can't put all your body weight into him. But I didn't see either of those things on that hit. Like I, I like it was it was a it was, it was a hit. Like at the end of the day, like I don't know. And then and then tonight. I'm just relaying what Mike Florio said. And then tonight, like, if he said that, fine. I think he's wrong. Um, <laughs> I think tonight, um, in the Tampa Bay-Pittsburgh game, there was a play, uh, I, I want to say it was in the second quarter. Gerald McCoy, Ben Roethlisberger gets rid of the ball. Gerald McCoy hits Ben Roethlisberger. While he's, while he's taking down Ben Roethlisberger, he's mic'd up. You can hear him apologizing. <laughs> oh, no, 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 my bad, my bad, my bad. Um, and then... It, and then he and then he hits him and he helps him back up and and he's profusely apologizing like th- this isn't my NFL guys I'm sorry this isn't like we're not all friends here Can we're, I ask we're not the apologizing question? for hits mid hit Can I ask the question Go ahead Should the NFL just make quarterbacks like kickers and punters once the ball's gone you can't touch them I'm not actually advocating for that but then we would all be upset and know why Well no, like no cuz like that would completely like because pass rushers would no longer be valuable at all because like you wouldn't like it's it's just why if you get to them before like I I'm not really because well, that's not like it. kickers and punters because you can't take down a kicker or a punter before he punts it right yeah but you could like with the quarterback is what I mean is just like this basically what I'm saying is that once a quarterback loses the ball you can't touch him could could they do that but like what's the timing for that though. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, yeah. Like, like, because like you can't stop yourself. If you're mid. Right. Exactly. Like that just isn't fair. Um, 
No, well, no, what if I, they just? I, I think there's no easy way to do it. I think what you need to do is revert back to what the rules were before. To be honest with you, I don't really care that much if the quarterbacks get hurt. I really don't. I, I'd the, rather I'd rather not see flags for roughing the passer every possession. The league cares, and I'll tell you why. They don't care about the competitiveness of the NFL. They care about the marketability of the NFL. And the reality is, is that no one wants to see bad quarterbacks play. Speaking of bad quarterbacks, who do you got, want to start with? We're going to start out in San Francisco with Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. Not a bad quarterback, but he's a boneheaded quarterback, that's for sure. Okay, Jimmy, Definitely made a decision that I would Jimmy not Jimmy Garoppolo tried to do a way, way, way too much with his $125 million body there. He, 137 and a half. Okay, whatever. Um, he, he tried to do way too much. He tried to get an extra one yard and, like – Cut back into the field, and he his, destroyed his knee. And his 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 quarterback knees were shredded, and and then he got hit after the fact, just a little salt in his wound, um, and now he's done for the year. And we're gonna get to see C.J. Beathard, the bad quarterback that I was referencing at the beginning of the yes. story. C.J. Beathard, who, if you look at the 49ers' schedule, <laughs> they have five five of the next seven games are in prime time. Which means that we're yes. going to get to see C.J. Beathard in his band of misfits. Because the 49ers don't really have any other good players on the entire team. Sherman. Other than, Richard Sherman. But I think he's injured. I think he has an ankle injury right but now. But as the Arizona Cardinals can attest, one isolated, talented player at cornerback does not a good football team make. Well, speaking of the Arizona Cardinals, uh, I have a few things to say about them. First of all, is Sam Bradford going to be traded for another first-round pick? Could he go to San Francisco? I think he definitely could go to San Francisco. I think, um, I mean, obviously, like, they're team number one in terms of needing a quarterback. I think San Francisco is one, and I, and I think the New York Giants are two. Um, do, you think think, that the, do you think that the, the Giants, we're getting a little off track, but I don't think the Giants need a new quarterback. I think the Giants need Well, I'm just saying if you look at their quarterback situation compared to the other 31 situations, San Francisco isn't even really that bad. Like, like this season's lost, honestly. I wouldn't even really – you know what? No, don't trade for Sam Bradford because you know Jimmy Garoppolo's coming back next year. That's a really expensive one-year rental for a team that's not going to win any playoff games anyway in the NFC. Honestly, at this point, mail in the season. Take it as, a, as an opportunity to get a, high, a really high draft pick. So you're saying – 49ers done. Yeah, done. I agree. like honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like. I just call it now. Let's it's talk fine. about another team that's done. But no, no, no. But back to the Giants quickly. Okay, yeah. Like I- I'm saying, their situation compared to every other situation in the league, I'd say with the Miami Dolphins at three and zero, I'd say that's probably st- like situation thirty one in terms of bad because Tannehill is really mediocre. He's not at a great quarterback age. <laughs> he like he hasn't done anything in his career and they don't have any young guys behind him. So I, I put that at 31 and then the Giants have 38-year-old Eli Manning who looks as bad as ever. They have no playmakers around him except for I mean like they have Saquon and, and Odell. They have no offensive line. I think the offensive line is the problem. I think if if Eli actually had a pocket to throw from, he could be okay. But the thing is he's 30. He's just like the age is the factor there. Like the age, like he's 37 30 yeah, but you can't, you can't try to Even tell me. Even with a pocket, I, I wouldn't say he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. You can't tell me, though, that building a good offensive line isn't going to be good for the long term. Whoever the quarterback is, you need someone to protect them. It right. doesn't, but it, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm talking purely the quarterback situation there. I think that, I think that, that the Giants made a mistake taking Saquon Barkley at two. Um, and I think that there's just overall, the QB situation just is bad. Like, they haven't 
set themselves up for a good future at all. I'll hear it, but probably they'll get a high draft pick and they could take a quarterback this year. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but the Giants are hoping for a competitive season still. You want to talk about quarterbacks being thrown to the wolves back to Arizona? Arizona down was it? I believe by two points with like three and a half minutes to go. They just threw Josh Rosen out there. They're like, "All right, kid, let's see what you got." All right, Arizona Cardinals are my beloved Arizona Cardinals are the worst football team I have ever seen in person through three weeks. Just the worst. All they've scored. I think they've scored twenty points. No one else in the NFL has scored less than fifty. That's a thirty-point difference in 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 points scored. And, like, they've been blown out. I mean, like, this game, like... I'll remind you they have Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson. Right, but they have no coaching. Yep. They have no offensive line. Correct. Which is why their quarterbacks have thrown for an average of about 100 yards for th- per game through three games. David Johnson has a total of 100 yards through three games. Like, he, like I just don't get it. They're so bad. So many turnovers in a row. Like, I, I get it. Bradford's not that good, but he's not that bad. Right? I mean, like... Oh, he's pretty bad. I mean, he's... It's remarkable how he keeps starting football games. I don't understand why they don't just do a little uh, trial by fire. I mean, not necessarily in the fourth quarter with three and a half minutes left, but why don't they just give Josh Rosen a game be like, here you go, like, figure well, it out. Because I just think that, like, I think that everyone now, like, seeing what Patrick Mahomes is doing at Kansas City, and obviously we'll get to them in a minute, I think seeing what's happened there with having him sit behind Alex Smith for a full season... Um, and then start fresh year two. I think other teams are trying to, to like get to that uh, model sort of, which is why like you see Rosen drafted at ten, and then like they pay twenty million dollars for Sam Bradford. For yeah, but here's the problem. Rental. Here's the problem. With what you're talking about, Patrick Mahomes got to sit behind Alex Smith, an right? Exactly. Actually and good that's quarterback. The, and that's the difference here. We, playing a system he knows and doing pretty well. And that's the difference here. And and, and the problem is, and, and Patrick Mahomes also has Kareem Hunt, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. Yes, he has what we call weapons. He has someone to and, give the ball. And he has to. a solid offensive line. And Arizona, I mean, yes, you have David Johnson, who, if used correctly, which he has not been used correctly at all is a top two or three running back in the whole league. Le'Veon Bell, not counting him. So I put him at two or three with with Alvin Kamara and um, and Todd Gurley. Um, but yeah, the Arizona Cardinals, horrible. Yeah, down two points to the best defense in the league with that, with that man Khalil Mack staring you down on the opposite side of the line. Yeah, yeah, th- this seems like the right time to, to throw Rosen in. And then on third and two at midfield, down two points. One one pass completion for 10 or 12 yards. You're in field goal range. What do they do? They sit David Johnson. No, no, no. Come on out. No, no, no. We're not going to put you in for this. We're going to put the backup in. I don't even know the backup's name, and this is my team. What happens on third and two? He, he rushes up the middle, negative three yards. Now we got fourth and five. What happens on the next play? Intercepted. Game pretty much over at this point, right? Horrible coaching all around. I think Wilkes won't make it through the – I think, honestly, he's not going to make it through the season – um, Are the Bears back though? They're two and one. No, they're not back because they don't have a quarterback. Like Mitch Trubisky is the worst quarterback drafted in the last two seasons, in terms of quarterbacks who are actually contributing to their teams. He's the worst of all of them. Um, Wasn't uh, he's going to... Kaiser drafted two years ago in the in the Trubisky draft? No, he was. Um, Deshaun Kaiser was he? I think he was in the Trubisky draft. Was he twenty seventeen? Or was he 2016? I don't even remember. I know, in, in terms of, like, again, 
that's why I emphasize quarterbacks who are currently contributing to their teams. That includes Watson, Mahomes, um, Goff had once for the year before. Yeah. Watson, Mahomes, Allen, Sean Kaiser, dra- NFL Draft 2017. Are you actually going to call Mitch Trubisky worse than Deshaun Watson right now? Deshaun Watson 0 and 3 versus. I'd say Deshaun Watson still has a much higher ceiling than Mitch Trubisky. He just doesn't have two healthy legs. No, no. Okay, I, I'm not saying overall. Obviously, I think Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback yeah. and will have a better career. But today, in terms of performance so far, I guess I, I, I guess you have yeah. to say two and one Trubisky is better because. But yeah, the, the Bears should be three and zero. The Texans like, the Bears look should done. be three and zero if they had if they had a good quarterback. Like a better than average quarterback, which they don't, they would be three and zero. You said don't sleep on the Texans, and I think I should have. Slept I didn't even on the say Texans. Don't, I didn't even say really don't sleep on them. I said like you this said they team is going to go twelve and four and get a, a, a first round buy in the AFC. Like they're that good. They have that much talent on both sides of the ball. Uh, yeah, hasn't hasn't really turned out that way. They are zero and three, and they look miserable. It's over. It's over for them. That game against the Giants was a matchup of, of who's done or finished, and clearly it's the Texans. I still think the Giants fit in that category, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do, too. That, like, it, It's funny because, like, and we haven't even gotten to them yet, but, like, the Texans being 0-3 makes the Patriots' lone win of the season, like, that much not, like, as cool. You know, because like it, it's against probably one of the like one of the most surprising bad teams in I the mean, NFL. The Patriots, I mean, everyone knows they're a good team and they'll probably be back, but they don't look great. They do not look good. See, I know. Like we need to get into this. Yeah. Like, like the Patriots, that was really, really bad against a bad team. Like the Lions are not a good team. They're Matthew Stafford and a, and a well, bunch of nobodies. Let's let's give the Patriots a reasonable concession. They just played their former defensive coordinator, who knows basically every guy on the Patriots really well. I mean, so you, if there's anyone who knows what's going on, it's him. But the problem wasn't even like the problem wasn't. I mean, it they looked so bad on on both sides of the ball. Um, I don't know. It just like I I think it all came to a head in the in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter. Tom Brady has like it's like a first down throw. He takes it one second, two second, th- standing in the pocket, throws it sixty yards down the field, de- down the middle of the field. There was not a Patriots player within fifty yards of that of that throw. I actually read about that. Apparently, there people are saying that Corderell Patterson ran the wrong route. See, I, I I don't think that at all because Tom Brady didn't give anyone enough time to get down the field for that ball. Yeah. Like, literally, it was two-step drop, immediately launch it down the field, and, like, they did, like, the aerial cam from, like, behind the line of scrimmage. No one was even, like, I think Tom Brady, his 41-year-old brain, I think he might have literally just snapped in that moment and just, lo- like, intentional, like, you don't ever see intentional grounding anymore. I like, think that's just frustration, honestly. I think it, that... I mean, if you look at right now, basically what's happening to the Patriots is that they have one receiving option. That's Gronk- that's Gronkowski. That's Gronkowski. And uh, besides that, they have no one, and Gronkowski gets triple teamed. See, like, that, like, that's the thing about this game. Like, the Lions did a really good job of covering up on Gronkowski, and when he's gone, like, they just don't really have well, anyone else. Well, the Jags else. did a good job, too. Right now, if you – because But Hogan still caught two touchdowns against the Jags. Like the like the Pats offense didn't look as bad as it did nearly yeah, but, as bad. But as it did Hogan this time. is a third look mid range threat. He is not 
a go-to well, slot Well, I think receiver. also the problem was they had him in the slot too much. He's not a slot receiver. Exactly. He's not Edelman. He's a deep threat guy. Yeah, but who's the slot receiver? Edelman. But he's not. But I'm saying right now, like he's not in there. He's right. Suspended. I mean, like, well, then they just don't have one. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, so that, they like, just like they were trying to put Hogan in that spot for those dink and dumps, which they're which they're so great at, and he and they just didn't have that guy. He's 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 clearly not that guy. I Obviously, think, but I mean, like, what do you expect the Patriots to do? I suspect that the Patriots maybe they could sneak out a win at Miami, who are three and zero, and I suspect that basically they'll probably go eleven and five. Once they get, they'll get Josh Gordon on the field in the system, maybe, and they'll get Edelman back, and I think that the Patriots think, will be fine. I think also on defense, like, they were missing Patrick Chung and they were missing Trey Flowers, their best pass rusher, and a, a key member of their secondary. On that play, on that touchdown to uh, Marvin Jones, um, it, was a, it, was a, it was a mishandling of the play by Deron Harmon. He was supposed to pick up that route, and he didn't, and... Uh, Stephon Gilmore realized it too late, and he had to catch up, and he couldn't, and he was wide open in the end zone. Um, I, I think if you have Patrick Chung in there on that play, that does not get messed up, and that touchdown's off the board. Um, regardless, I think the Patriots, they looked as bad as they did because they were missing playmakers, and I think Tom Brady's getting older, and I think Matt Patricia just has this team figured out because he's a, he's, he's a, he's a key Belichick disciple. I agree with that, and I think we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> Welcome back to the Kyle and Kastanoff Show. We're going to pick it up where we left off. More NFL. Kyle, I think the Rams are so good, it's boring. They are, like, the most complete team that I've seen, like, in the last several years. Like, I think, I think looking back, like, really good Patriots teams from years past, like 2014, 2016, they didn't have as much talent as the Rams. They had a flaw the that the, the Rams are, don't have. Right. Exactly. Like, like like the Rams like that defensive that interior defensive line is unfair. Aaron Donald and and um and Dominic and Sue. I mean, their defensive back, I mean, their cornerback tandem, I believe they have Aqib Talib and who's their second guy? Marcus Peters. Both of them were acquired this year. Just also unfair. I mean, I I mean like their linebackers are Jared probably, Goff looks really good. Jared Goff looks really good like uh, I always thought he was kind of overrated because he's just in this in this really great system, um, but I mean like and he has Todd Gurley, but their receivers like I think Brandon Cooks was a great addition this year. I think Cooper Cup is an up and coming star for sure. Um, Robert Woods had a huge game on Sunday. Yep. Um, really, they just have playmakers everywhere, and honestly, it's just unfair. They're probably gonna go fourteen and two this year. I'd be surprised if they lose more than two or three games. Here's what I think is a real shame: the fact that. The Rams are this good, and no one cares. But right. that who lives in L.A., other people care. I care. We probably care more than the people in L.A. do. I would say that's a it's guarantee. Hard, it's hard to care in a city like L.A. where you already have so many teams, and it isn't like the like ever like everyone in L.A. just wasn't an NFL fan before the St. Louis like the mighty St. Louis Rams moved to town. You know what I'm saying? I actually everyone just... everyone had a team that they're not just going to abandon at the drop of a hat. I don't think that's true. I just think that people in L.A. don't care about sports. See, that I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> I think that people in L.A. just don't care about sports. Like, I mean, like, people care about the Lakers. People care about the Dodgers. People don't really care about the Lakers because they like basketball. They just care about the Lakers because they want to see and be seen. I mean, maybe. I mean, like, 
it's no different than the Knicks. I feel like in New York, <laughs> I feel like it's the same. It's kind a little of thing. different than the Knicks. It's like I a think. glitzier. It's just like a glitzy thing to be involved with. But I, I wouldn't say that people in LA don't care about sports in general. I mean, you've had USC and UCLA for a year, f- for a hundred years, a hundred plus years. I mean, like I that's college. That, it's not the same thing. It's not pro sports. I don't think that people in LA that, care about pro. That sports. they don't care about sports in general. Okay, I'd like sports to revise statement. Pro sports. I don't think that in the LA in LA. Angels. The second best team in LA sell out games consistently, and, and this is baseball we're talking about in Anaheim. That is right? surprising, right? I, I didn't mean, know like, that, and honestly, they they consistently for a mediocre team consistently have top five attendance in in the MLB. And the Dodgers number one in attendance the last two seasons. That surprises me. I didn't know it, but I'll say this: I still don't really think that people care about professional sports in LA. I think that the weather's nice. People go to the Dodgers Park, have a beer. You know, they talk 50, to some of them go. They see, you know, maybe they, times. they see the stars sitting down in the suites. They, you know, they get them on the video board. I, I mean, just don't think people care. I the mean, same yeah, way. I mean, like I agree with you that no one cares about the Rams and the Chargers, and I think it's stupid that both teams went to LA at the same time. Um, I think that the Chargers should have, should have stayed in San Diego, and quite frankly, I think the Rams should just implode and just never exist again because. L.A., St. Louis, I think equally equally bad for them. Um, Why? They're doing really well. We just discussed how good they are. I'm, so, I'm talking about in terms of fan support. So oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's, like, it's like where are you going to go for more support, back to St. Louis? I, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think that's the preferred destination. Is, are there any places? And they're only doing so well because they have so much money. Like they, Stan Kroenke has so much money that he can just do whatever the heck he wants and he can build this mega stadium with, this, with, with the hotels and the, and the amusement park and the outfield or, or, or whatever, you know? Like, he's just, he, he can do whatever the heck he wants, and, and he pretty much owns the NFL. Maybe the Rams should just move to Canada, steal some market share from the CFL. See, like, I, I would say yes. Like, I would say that Canada is a, is a possible destination for an expansion NFL team, but the Bills, for years, did, a, did a, uh, one game in, in Toronto, and that game was the worst attended game on the, like across all the games in the season. It also was at the Bills. But still, like, I don't think that people in Canada care. I think if people in Canada see an NFL game coming to town, they're going to go. It's just like in London. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? N- nobody cares if it's the 2015 Jaguars. People are, are still going to go to those games. I understand. Just for the novelty of it. Let's talk about the Browns. They won a football game. They won a football game for the first time in... Uh, 635 days. Yeah, but who's counting, right? Not me. I read that online. All right, now we're back to day... What day is it? Today's Monday? We're on day four now. It's been four days since they won a football game. The clock resets now. How many? Can I ask a question, though? Am I, no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to ask you a question before you ask me a question. I'm going to okay. say, how many more days do you think it'll be before they win another football game? Less than 30. Is this team here to stay? Well, that's what I'm going to say, which is that, are we sure the Browns are bad? Let me read you the teams that are currently at 1-1-1. One, one, and one. The Steelers, <laughs> the Vikings, the Packers, and the Browns. Well, I think the Browns are clearly the worst of those four. Is that obvious? I think the Browns actually have a better defense than the Steelers. The Steelers cannot defend. See, the problem with the Steelers is they're missing Ryan Chazier bad. They're, like, really, really The missing. Steelers have allowed nine passing touchdowns over the last two games. But they did pick off Fitzmagic three times tonight. Yes, but Fitzmagic still threw for 411 yards and three TDs. But take it with a grain of salt, he threw 50 times, right? Yes, but it's not his fault that there's no running back on that team. 
One, I mean, I'm not saying it, it is his fault, but they're going to give up that many yards if, if, the, if you're letting the guy throw 50 times, right? Like, that's still less than 10 yards per attempt. Like, that's, you know, like anyone could get that amount of yards on 50 attempts. <laughs> if, you, if you have the ball for that long where you're throwing it 50 times, like, that's going to happen. Yeah, but isn't that a failure of a defense allowing that to happen? Like, I don't think the Steelers' defense is that bad. I mean, like, they have solid corners. They have a solid front four, I would say. But the linebackers, I mean, like, they have Bud Dupree at linebacker, so he's, I guess he's pretty good. I think at the end of the day, it's really, it's just, it's just Ryan Chazier roaming the middle of the field. They're, like, they're just missing his presence. I think that, honestly, I just think that they're a mess overall. But Maybe like, they should send Le'Veon Bell to, I was going to say, the Cardinals, but they don't need a running back. Right, it's probably. Like, I was thinking Pat Pete. It's probably the number one team that doesn't need. That's the one thing that they don't need. Yeah. Uh, um, no, I, I mean know. like maybe even. Um, what if the, I'm trying to think of a team that doesn't have a running. Back. I was reading in the Athletic. What if the uh, 49ers took a run at Le'Veon Bell? That could be a move. Yeah, I mean they don't really have a running back, do they? Alfred Morris. The, I mean their other guy, Matt Breida, he's done for an extended period of time as well. Um, yeah, that could be interesting. How about the Patriots? You know, we got a uh... Oh, the Patriots need a running back, but are they there's no way they're going to See, gonna the Patriots the... are the kind of team to trade for Le'Veon Bell and then give him four carries a game <laughs> and then <laughs> run them run him four times because the Patriots just never never use running backs. Um, well, the Patriots they're the ball... ones who made it through an entire Super Bowl running the ball, I think one or two times. The Patriots neither of which were with a running back. The Patriots would not pay Le'Veon Bell. No, you're right. They wouldn't. The but Patriots just don't like. It'd be funny if they did, and then still just didn't use them. The Patriots are like the team that they get all this top talent, they display them, and then they let them go when they want big money, when they want to get paid for it. Right, exactly. Um, I mean, look at you. Don't have to look any further than Brandon Cooks. He signed, I think, five years, sixty million. Boy, that was a mistake. I mean, he he wasn't even that good last year, but like, he's just another body that we could have out there making plays, which we don't have now. Um, yeah, but the, that's my point. The Patriots wouldn't have given him twelve million. A no, because I I don't think he was worth twelve million. He he was. But the Rams gave it to him, and he looks pretty good out there. I he's mean, fast. He's a deep threat. He's something. He's, right, exactly. I know, I know. He's exactly what we need. He's exactly what we could have had out there last night. I know, I know. Like, don't he, remind me. He's someone to throw to when Gronk is being quadruple teamed. We'll have Edelman back if Gordon can. If Josh Gordon can fit in, this team is still dangerous. I think this team's dangerous regardless because they still have Bill Belichick as the, at the helm. Well, I mean, once they get Edelman back, that's really what. Again, doing. I always bring it up. Never forget, 20, 2014, Monday night at Kansas City, blown out. Are the Patriots done or finished? That's what they were asking after that Monday night game. Then they won ten games in a row. Don't sleep on this team. I'm telling you. I think we'll move on from the Patriots, but the reality is that as much as it pains me to say it. One day the Patriots will be done and finished, and it's gonna it'll be a process to See, get back to the top. It sucks because like if we didn't ha- if we didn't get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, that day would never come. <laughs> they would just never be done or finished. It, it wouldn't matter. We'd have McDaniel's and Garoppolo. We just just move on down the ladder, and we'd still win Super Bowls. It's just oh, it's so frustrating. That's know. true, but I mean I don't even know what caused him to do that deal because they didn't get a big return for him, and they didn't. Uh, and you like Brady doesn't seem like he's going to play for 3 4 5 years. Yeah, obviously. I mean, it's just It seems like this could be his last. It's just Brady and Kraft teaming up. I mean, like we don't have to get into this whole story, but like it's pretty clear that this is just Kraft 
going over Belichick's head and forcing him to do something that he didn't want to do. And now everyone regrets it. But actually, does it, I mean, like, well, now we have Garoppolo on the sidelines for the rest of the season. He'll be watching C.J. Beathard multiple prime times in a row. Looking forward to it. What I'm looking forward to is the day that John Gruden stops reminding the world how the Raiders could really benefit from a good pass rusher. You know, they really could benefit from a good pass rusher, you know? I wonder which good pass rusher they hmm. might have had. Hmm. That's a really that's a really good question. My question is completely unrelated. Would you say Khalil Mack is the best pass rusher of his generation? I'd say he's up there. I'd say he really is up there. I mean he he's he has I think he has at least, if not more than, sacks, touchdowns, forced fumbles, and QB hits than the entire Oakland Raiders team this season. That's that's something right there. That uh, those are some numbers for you. So you're saying that maybe I don't want to speak for you, but maybe trading Khalil Mack for draft picks. Maybe was not Khalil a good Mack idea? is the maybe Khalil Mack is the missing piece that Oakland's looking for. I think that's what I'm saying. Wow. I mean that is maybe he's the one thing between them and an 0 and three start to the season. So do you think that it was a bad decision for them to put a tomato in charge of the entire team? Yes. You mean the guy who thinks that he's coaching in the 1970s, essentially? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah that, that tomato. Hey, John Gruden, he's looking for spunk. That's that, what he that's wants true. out of a good player. <laughs> oh, man. He wants a guy with a lot of moxie. You can't make this up. You really can't. Um, yeah, I'd say the reason that they're 0-3 is, is John Gruden and Khalil Mack, those, those two names right there. Uh, they're, they're a hot mess, that team, for sure. And Derek Carr still has so much money lined up. He's a good guy, but he's not even that bad. Like I just think that I don't know. It, 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 it's just it's just complete mismanagement by a lame duck franchise. Uh, Las Vegas, man, they, aren't they going to be happy to have them? <laughs> <laughs> like like what? I, oh man, it, it, it's sad that they're leaving Oakland. It really is. I feel like they belong there. Like. I get it. I I understand. I feel like the I feel like what the Raiders like the, like the image that the Raiders stay like like the gritty black and like the silver and black the eye patch logo it just doesn't fit with Las Vegas. <laughs> it just doesn't fit. It just makes it seem that much tackier. It just kind of fits in with the tackiness of Las Vegas. I don't know. I I get what you're saying. Is it time to move on from football? Yeah, I think so. I, I think we've covered it. I think it's time we get it, to... It's been a wild week, though. ...the biggest story of the entire day in the sports world. Oh, it has to be. The Flyers unveiled a new mascot. His name is Gritty, and he is the <laughs> scariest thing in existence. <laughs> he looks like a Muppet crossed with that googly-eyed pink teddy bear from Breaking <laughs> Bad. Just, just night... It's just nightmare fuel. It's just what it is. It's just I think he, I think they unveiled him on the ice uh, during a preseason game today, and he fell. Like he <laughs> fell over. <laughs> I did see that. Like it was a good, it was a good fall. It was it was a fall that 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 I would have taken. You like like the skates just go out from just under you, whoop. and you just fall on your butt. I mean, like it, I mean, it was a, it was a good fall. There's now only one team in the NHL that does not have a mascot, the New York Rangers. I don't think that's true. But what I, would be their mascot? I saw that on Twitter. What is a ranger? And I, I don't think that's true. Did the Bruins have a mascot? I've never seen or heard of a Bruins mascot. I don't think the ever. Bruins have a mascot. <laughs> and also, you know what? First of all, Dancing Larry is the unofficial mascot of the New York Rangers. For I, I'm assuming you don't know who he is. 
Danson Larry is this guy. He sits up in the 200 section, which is like the, the there's only like two, the 100, 200. So like the high seats at Madison Square Garden. Like in the middle of the third period, they put on his song. They put the video on him and the spotlights, and he dances. He's been doing it for. Actually, I, I went to my first Rangers game in 2005, and Danson Larry was there. Hold on. You're saying he's been doing this for that long, and they can't even get him seats in the 100-level section? Yeah, Danson Larry has been in car commercials with the New York Rangers. Yeah, exactly. I'm saying they he, can't even get him seats, better seats than the 200 section at Madison Square Garden? Well, presumably he pays for them himself. Right. They won't even get him seats. They won't even buy him seats if they're if they're putting him on, on blast every single game. What if he comes to the game and he doesn't have anything prepared? And they're putting him on the jumbo Well, he does like his signature moves. Like the dance is always it's always the same song and oh, okay. it's the same dance. Still, why why are you not getting this man seats? I mean, I have never been to a Rangers game where Dance and Larry was not featured. Maybe it's just part of his 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 whole shtick. The fact that he's a man of the people. He is a man of the people. Level section. He's an, he's a, getting hot dogs thrown at him. Those those New Yorkers. A really nice looking bald man. Like he, I mean, he's a great guy. Great guy. Have you talked to him? No, but he seems like a great guy. On the jumbotron. And I've seen him in car commercials. Okay. There you when go. I'm watching <laughs> MSG at home, and I, and and he goes, "Hi, I'm Dancing Larry of the New York Rangers." That's funny. <laughs> Make sure you That's come funny. down to Staten Island Honda. But, like, thinking about mascots, yeah, the Bruins, there's no way the Bruins Yeah, but a bunch of teams have really random mascots. Like, that's a pretty random one. The Gritty? Is that his name? Gritty. Yeah, what what is a Gritty? (laughs) I mean, the the Oilers mascot is just, I think it's a bear? Well, like, like at the same time, like, what what are the Oilers going to make as a mascot? Just a giant oil derrick just bouncing around on the ice? I was going to say an oil worker. (laughs) <laughs> they just pull a guy off the street. <laughs> they get him up there all greasy with his overalls on. That could be a move. No, uh, well. At the same time, like, what, what, what would the Rangers put as a mascot? Like, what, what is a ranger? Maybe they get. A, Can you tell me what a ranger? A forest is? ranger. Uh, <laughs> a Texas ranger. Maybe Walker Texas Ranger is the mascot. That could be it. Maybe that could be the mascot. Uh, what are other terrible NHL mascots? The, the the Calgary Flames, even though obviously it should be a fireman, is a husky, I believe. Are you saying that the... You're telling me that the Calgary Flames mascot should be a fireman? I think, uh, yeah, I think it should be a firefighter. What? Because <laughs> the Flames. Well, also, how often do you see a human as a mascot? Well, I, well I, it would be like kind of like a fictionalized mm-hmm. human. No, right, like, like even like a fictionalized human. How often do you see that? Like, really I, rarely. I, I can't even think of a... Maybe the Flames should just have an actual fire that they just wheel around on a little <laughs> cart. <laughs> a couple candles burning, like like, yeah. like incense. Um, <laughs> I I love the Phoenix Suns have the gorilla, like the best mascot in all sports. The, the gorilla makes no sense. Why why do they have the gorilla? Totally random, but it's like the best mascot ever. I don't ever. understand like mascots or why they even exist. Right, I, I actually don't understand. I, I why think they they're exist. really dumb. Like the Red Sox have Wally the Green Monster. Woohoo! Like, have you ever had the Cookie Monster? It's a food truck in Boston. I have. They make really, really good, really, really good cookies <laughs> and ice cream sandwiches. Oh, uh, free plug! You're welcome. Right. Uh, I mean, it's it's really good. I think it's about time we get out of here. We're rambling. Your thoughts? Yeah, I. 
it's late. It's uh, it's the early morning hours of, of September 25th. For those of you locals going down to Craft uh, Hockeyville tonight, I, I guess it is tonight. We'll see you there. Uh, maybe is... maybe we do a before we head. We should definitely do something. Like, I think we'll record some audio. Maybe we we'll should see. definitely get some like a little bit of local flavor and and, and mix it to our next week's show here. We'll definitely be sure to add that. This has been the Kyle and Kasanoff show. Thank you kindly for listening. Así espero tu regreso a la tierra.